you're looking for a podcast that will run down all of the side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine like magnetism or being able to pick up Wi-Fi. Oh, good grief. Yeah, no, this this isn't that part. No. no. No, it isn't. No. You're both fully vaccinated, both with Pfizer. Go get your shots. Uh, however, this <laughs> is comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. marriage. Welcome to Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple sits down taking turns each week selecting a movie, documentary, TV show, whatever to watch, and then we discuss it. They're not programs. They're, They're TV, TV shows. shows. Guess what? You woke up early? Nobody no one cares. cares. Uh, yes, we also quote insurance company commercials. Uh, I am Stan the Movie Man, <laughs> and I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. My latest review is The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, I think the devil made them make this movie because oh, man. Wow. it is not great, in my opinion. Spoiler alert. Not really. Um, but you can make your own decision and go if you're a huge fan of that series. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Movie Man Stan. You can follow the podcast, at CT marriage if you want to get in touch with us easy to do send us an email comedy tragedy marriage at gmail.com and you can just click the link on the description of this podcast or copy and paste it into a web browser and leave us a voice message who knows you might show up on an episode of comedy tragedy marriage joining me as always is my illustrious co-host the reason <laughs> I, I arise in the morning, the reason I come home in the evening, that, and it's where I live, uh, <laughs> my other half. Illustrious, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, this week it's a no-brainer, I'm Maud the Strange Broad, duh. Mm. Well, yes, and if you looked at the uh, name of this week's episode, you will know Maud's uh, deep dive, her education in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, hashtag MCU, uh, continues with the 14th film uh, that was released in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is Doctor Strange. It stars Benedict Cumberbatch, um, also Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, as well as Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wong, uh, Benjamin Bratt, uh, Mads Mikkelsen, and Tilda Swinton, which was a bit of a controversial piece of casting. We'll get to that shortly. Oh, okay. Uh, this movie was released in 2016 and uh, introduced the magical side of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Marvel characters, um, the mystical, uh, as uh, Doctor Strange is known as the Master of the Mystical Arts. Um, it, uh, the story is, as with all of these, it's a bit convoluted, but, uh, it starts out with Dr. Strange, played by Cumberbatch, who is a, a brilliant neurosurgeon, but he is one who likes to keep a perfect record. That, by that, I mean he doesn't take any cases he doesn't think he can successfully fix with surgery. Um, and he's being consulted... Uh, by uh, 
I, I'm not exactly sure who this person was, almost like his, his agent or his manager, going over a list of cases that he throws out quickly because, um, you know, they're impossible for him to fix, um, even though he might help the person have a better quality of life. He won't be able to fix them. He wants a perfect outcome every time. Right. So he doesn't take on any clients, any patients he thinks he can't completely fix with his surgery. Uh, he's being told about one that he's considering uh, as he is driving to give uh, a lecture or receive a, an award of some sort. And in his fancy sports car, he is distracted and has a terrible crash. Um, his hands are severely broken and mangled and the repair surgery that is done on them can only do so much and his career as a surgeon is over. He takes that out on everybody around him including his love interest in the story uh, that is played by Rachel McAdams. Uh, she plays um, uh, Christine Palmer, a doctor who works in the emergency room at the same hospital where he operates. Um, and he's desperate to have his hands fixed so that he can feel good about himself again by being this life-saving surgeon. So he finds out about a patient who had two crushed cervical vertebra uh, and was paralyzed from mid-chest down and had some paralysis in his hands, but who was miraculously healed in some way. And he tracks this person down, he's played by Benjamin Bratt, and he tells him about finding a mystical cure in a strange land uh, in uh, uh, Kathmandu. Nepal, yes. Yes. Um, he uh, goes there and... Um, finds, he, actually he is found by a guy named Carl Mordo, who is played by Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, and he is taken to the um, Ancient One, um, the, the Master of the Mystical Arts, uh, played by Tilda Swinton, um, who at first doesn't want to take Strange on because he's so headstrong and and so set in his ways and doesn't believe in anything beyond the science of uh, that he knows but she's going to open his third eye and send him on a journey through all kinds of weird mystical lands in a matter of seconds and pulls him back into his body and he begs her to teach him um, at first she's reluctant, but then she relents and brings him into the group of um, students that she uh, teaches the mystical arts to. Now, um, there's uh, a, a bad guy afoot, as there is in pretty much every Marvel movie. There always has to be a villain. Yes, and um, that villain is played by Mads Mikkelsen. He's Cassilius. Um, he wants to learn all of the mystical arts, even the dangerous and dark arts. And he and a group of his students break away from the ancient ones, or the ancient one, and uh, start their own 
sect, a cult, if you will. A faction. And they break into the library where these dark um, arts books are kept, and they steal some pages that will grant them access to the um, the dark realm. Um, it is uh, there. There are multiple universes, and one of them is ruled by an entity known, known as Dormammu. Uh, and uh, Dormammu lives to take over other realms and um, he wants to he especially cultivates earth because it is um, protected by the masters of the mystical arts uh, from three sanctums uh, one in Hong Kong, one in London and one in New York and they protect the earth from the other dimensional bad guys. Um, Cassilius wants to tap into the energy of the Dark Realm and uh, let it take over Earth and this reality. Um, he believes that Dormammu will allow him to live forever in exchange. It will allow everybody to live forever in exchange for taking over our realm. And it becomes the job of uh, Doctor Strange and his um, sort of, mm, not mentor exactly, but they become buddies. Um, uh, uh, Wong, played by Benedict Wong, who is the librarian of the uh, li uh, where all the mystic mystical books, books are, kept, are kept, and along with Mordo, and they are going to try to protect this realm from Dormammu. Yes, it's it's all very convoluted. Um, this, as I said, is the first time they've gone to sort of the mystical side with Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hashtag MCU. And they um, and they're, they're introducing the concept of the multiverse. They actually mentioned the multiverse. Multiverse, yes, by name, several times. Yes, um, and uh, that opens up a whole other set of storytelling possibilities, which may be explored in Doctor Strange's sequel, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, which gets sort of set up in uh, WandaVision. So if you haven't watched that on Disney Plus yet, you owe it to yourself because it's just a good show. And it's where this whole um, situation with my indoctrination started yes. because we watched WandaVision back in the cold weather and I dug it. And so so Stan started his, his excellent, how can we indoctrinate Maude into the MCU? Yes, and so far it has gone far better than I expected. Sorry to disappoint, but, well, eh, you know. It's not a disappointment. It's good. I don't want to waste your time, and I don't want you watching stuff you don't want to watch. Uh, but uh, the first thing that sticks out about Doctor Strange is um, he doesn't get his, even though he has an accident, he doesn't get powers from his accident. No, he's not super like that. He, he doesn't have a super suit. He's not shot with a super serum, and he doesn't come from a magical realm where, you know, everybody, everybody, if they came to Earth, would be a superhero. And he's not like Spider-Bit or... Yeah, he's not Spider-Bit. He, he, he's not super that way. No. He, he learns his superpower. 
he learns how to, you know, conjure these magical shields and doorways and and other such stuff. And fiery beams shooting out from his fingertips and stuff. No, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's like a rope. Fiery Be- looking beams, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, it, it, he's different, at least within the movies, the Marvel movies. He's yeah. different from pretty much every other superhero, aside from the fact that, you know, he deals in magic, although, uh, you know, Thor sort of is magical in some ways. Well, yeah, he's a different species. He's like a demigod and came super. Yes. Uh, Yes, he was born that way. Uh, But um, Strange learns to be magical from the Ancient One. And so he is in many ways very different from pretty much any of the other uh, superheroes that we've been introduced to so far. Well, and his domain is different because he's he's in the mystical the mystical realm learning mystical things mm-hmm. and so um that doesn't give me any problems at all he's different his domain is different so it's all good yeah now uh visually this one is also pretty unique I thought it was so cool the the, vis- the visual effects are different because the world the world that they're creating here is different. Yes, there's a thing called the mirror universe where um, things that happen in the mirror universe don't have an effect on the real world. Um, and that's where they have the big battle um, two-thirds of the way through the movie with Cassilius and his people and then the ancient one shows up. It's um, like a great big, it's almost like a great big live action Escher print. Yeah, stuff yeah. stuff like folds over on itself, it turns sideways, it turns on its head. It's a, Visually, it's very interesting. In, in some ways, it also looks like a kaleidoscope, the way things sort of, like, like you said, fold, but they'll also multiply. Yeah, unfold, and, and yes, it's uh, very cool looking. And uh, it... This is probably one of the, at least so far, one of the most interesting movies just to look at, at least as far as the MCU goes, Um, because of that strangeness, the the generating the the lights out of his hands and like shields and Uh um he he gets access to the eye of agamotto which it turns out is an infinity stone uh we are told that later on um which allows him to control time which becomes a major plot point later in the film um and it's you know just just everything about this movie is sort of weird and unique when when they have that second fight in the uh, sanctum in New York um, and he finally gets control of Caecilius with um, with that thing that he throws at him and it, it's sort of like a 
Uh, it looks, looks like, like brass bam- knuckles. Well, it looks like a like a combination metal and bamboo straight jacket. You know, and it and it locks him in place one joint at a time. <laughs> it looks like that sling something. No, oh, the sling ring is, is the, sling the thing ring. that opens. That's the brass knuckles looking thing. Yes. Okay. Um, no, I'm talking about uh, when they've had that fight and he, uh, he gets thrown through all those glass cases and uh, he gets thrown through the case that has the cloak of levitation. Yeah. And 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 it, it keeps, he wants to go grab one thing and it keeps pulling him back, not letting him. The cloak. Yeah, the cloak. Yeah. Because the cloak has a mind of its own, which makes for some very funny bits in in this um, in this movie yeah like pimp slaps him a few times and you know <laughs> and it's, then it, it wipes away his tears the cloak has a sense of humor yes um so you know it's that whole there's so much about this movie that had to be pretty much designed from scratch from the visual the big visual set pieces to like that straitjacket thingy that he throws on Caecilius, uh-huh. uh, uh, to to the to the shields, um, you know the spells that manifest in the air in front of his hands. Uh, it's all it's all very weird and and unique for the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that play in any way into your opinion of the film over and above the story and you know all the stuff that goes on? Um, play into it? I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, if it had had more standard-looking visuals, but still magical stuff going on, would you have liked it as much as you as you do now? Um, probably not. And I think that what really appealed to me about this one was the whole mystical aspect. I mean, like we get Dr. Strange's whole origin story, how he becomes what he becomes, mm-hmm. where he goes, the training. It, it's it's almost harkens back in a way to one of the Batman films where he goes and where we see him get his fight training and stuff from this like ancient Shaolin master or something. It's very uh, Batman begins. Yeah. It's kind of Kung Fu-y in that way. Yeah. Um, so it, that whole, but the whole mental discipline, spiritual quantum mystical situation going on here. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Oh, great. I, I always am concerned when we um, do another one of these that I'm, I'm finally going to hit the wall. I'm finally going to reach her point of no return. No, this was exactly the opposite of that. I dug this movie a great deal. This movie, for me, could have stood alone because it didn't really involve any of the other super people. Right. Um, Not until the post credit. Yeah, it's just, it's its own thing. Mm -hmm. So this would be good for, this is just a good film in general. Mm -hmm. Whether you're getting indoctrinated into the mystical you know mcu or not um all right now let me ask you this compared to guardians of the galaxy um which is set entirely in space except for that first opening scene and contains a bunch of aliens um, and that's where we see asgard right no that's thor okay uh guardians of the galaxy was uh peter quill and the Rocket Raccoon and the talking oh, yeah, tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am Groot. 
Yeah. Um, this which was... also contains a lot of very different characters and a lot of different visuals. That was much lighter in tone than yes. this. Yes. And um, for me, a completely different animal. Okay. But you, you did like that movie. Oh, I did. Okay. Well, that's good in part because next, in two weeks, we watch Guardians 2. Okay. So. So we'll get some more Groots and baby Groots and. We, we get teenage. Well, we get adolescent and teenage. No, wait a minute. We get adolescent Groot. Well, actually, baby Groot. He's just baby Groot through that whole movie. Aw. Uh, I am Groot. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, um. And then by the end of it, we we get a sort of moody adolescent Groot. Oh, man. So. Groot hormones are going to be the worst, I think. Groot hormones are not pleasant, no. So, all right, good. Um, There's really not much else to talk about. I mean, oh. Well, first of all, Cumberbatch. Yeah. um, Great actor. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, brought a, what I feel like was a lot of gravitas to something that could have easily turned very, um, very one-dimensional and very cartoony. I mean, even his he's he's got this smarmy kind of sarcastic right, right. vibe going on, and that those scenes and lines delivered by a a lesser actor or a different actor would have changed the whole tone of the thing. So, um, a really cool casting in that regard. Now, you were going to talk about Tilda Swinton being controversial cast in this role. Well, Why? yes. Well, there's a couple of reasons. Um, one of them is that the Ancient One in the comic books is shown to be... Male. Asian. Oh. And male. Uh, I don't... The... the Change in the sex doesn't matter to me at all. The Asian part, eh, that's a, especially with the level of underrepresentation um, in movies in general um, for Asian characters and Asian actors. Yeah. Um, you could have had a female Asian character. Lucy Liu comes to mind. Um, well, in a bald wig, I think she could have pulled it off. And um, who plays Giorgio? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, crap. Michelle Yao? Michelle Yao, yeah. Um, she would have kicked all the arse. And she's already martial arts trained, so True. in the action scene, she would have been brilliant. Yeah. Whether she would have shaved her head like Tilda Swinton did. Yeah, um, they would. They might have had to wig her. Well, which they, would they have been might okay. have had to CG her hair out. Um Maybe put it under a, a bald cap, but and then and then CG and then CG, CG it. Out. Uh, it they do oh that yeah, all the time Michelle Yeoh would Michelle Yeoh yeah. would, would probably have been a much better choice for that. As it was though, um, Tilda Swinton, pretty committed and pretty brilliant in pretty much anything she does. True, she uh, just not Asian. She's she's weird. I mean, she's unique. Let's put her that way. She has an interesting face. Yes. Well, that and and an interesting and an quality style, about her. Yes. Uh, that she's well suited for these sort of fringy, um, out there a little bit roles. 
Um, As are the Mickelson brothers, because those dudes have weird faces. <laughs> um, Lars and Mads both are well. are interesting looking actors, and they their faces are very sharp and pointy and angular, and lend themselves to strange roles. That is true. He plays. Uh, Mads tends to play a lot of heavies. Villains, yeah. Um, he sort of got out of that a little bit. He played a, a heroic role in uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which is, I think, a very good movie. And, of course, Lars uh, played the uh, leader of Russia in um, House of Cards. Yeah, he was utterly creepy yes he was um he also voiced uh, an animated character in the star wars rebels um show that um uh, grand admiral thrawn he was a blue-skinned alien looking thing with red eyes okay and there uh, is a possibility that thrawn could be brought into the mandalorian hmm. uh and because uh, Lars actually bears a resemblance to the at least the animated version of, of Thrawn. This, this character, yeah. There is a a um, sort of a internet move, uh, movement, movement to, to, to cast get him. him cast as a Grand Admiral Thrawn should the character be brought into the Mandalorian or any of the Star Wars shows, live action shows. And I would not be against that. I think he would be great. Because he's got, he, I mean, we know he's got that cold, steely voice to begin with. Mm -hmm. And we know he can play a cold, ruthless, calculating character, um, as we saw in House of Cards. So Well, and if he already looks like the like the what's been drawn. He, he kind of does, well, but that has never made any difference. Um, he may not want to do the role because it would require a lot of makeup and or a lot of dots on his face so that they can make him blue digitally. Yeah. Um, and probably wearing a wig. But um, I I would like to see it happen. But yes, the Mickelsons are sort of narrow-casted into these heavy roles. Um, the sort of broke... Because uh, Mads was Hannibal Lecter on the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they lend themselves well to, ew. Ew. Yeah, they, they do, quite a bit. Um, and, uh, but going back to Cumberbatch, you know, he's British. Yeah, but his American accent is wonderful. Well, there was some complaint about his accent. It didn't it's, bother it's, me, it's, and it's, I'm really picky about that kind of thing. It's got an almost unidentifiable sound to it like like he's from a region of the country that doesn't really exist um i, I it, it's it's kind of hard to put into words the the kind of accent that he has in this movie well it's un-british well it's very un-british which is what i think he but was it's going also for not quite american either eh. so I, I don't know that's a minor quibble yeah um and this one, for some reason, amongst Marvel fans and critics, is not considered one of the better Marvel movies. And I'm not exactly sure why. Maybe 
Maybe because it is so standalone. Perhaps. Or I think there was complaints about the story and and other such. Oh, things. whatever. Yeah. So, um, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like you said, because it was so different um, visually, and um, I like Benedict Cumberbatch anyway. Spoiler alert: He voices Dormammu. Oh. So, yeah, he pulled double duty on this one. Interesting. He uh, also, in the Hobbit movies, um, the Desolation of Smog, uh, particularly, uh, he voices and did the motion capture for the dragon Smog. Oh, okay. Or Smog, um, however it's properly pronounced. Cool. But, uh, yeah, he's... And I saw him in a movie called The Courier. It's one of the first movies I went back to. To a theater to see it's a uh, cold war drama where he plays a businessman who becomes uh, a spy a courier bringing secrets from the soviet union to the west and he's really really good in that uh, i really enjoyed his performance in that film um so i just like benedict i'm i'm predisposed a it's a marvel movie so i'm i'm all in but also, uh, I just really like Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, he's just a good actor. Yes, he is. So, you know. Um, well, I, I don't think it's going to be any surprise, but when we come back, we will uh, give a rating to Marvel's Doctor Strange right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage, where we are discussing Doctor Strange. Yeah, we are. Mar- as Maud's Marvel education continues. Um, this was, as I said, the uh, 14th film uh, released in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, hashtag MCU. Hashtag dang. It uh, had a production budget of $165 million. Wow. And it grossed worldwide $677.7 million. So oh, wow. It did okay. It did okay. Uh, the film has been in development in various stages and with various studios for um, 35 years. <laughs> um, it was um, uh, since the mid-80s, so 30, uh, 30, yeah, about 35 years. Yeah. Um, and then uh, finally, I mean, it was at a different studio, and then once Marvel started making their own movies, they got the rights back. Um, they uh, went through about 8 billion rewrites, as they usually do, on these particular uh, films, especially when they're introducing a new character who's sort of outside of the mold uh, of these... uh, Outside the main gang. Yeah, uh, of these uh, various heroes. It, um, It, you know, we already talked about it did pretty well. It has an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And uh, on Metacritic, it has a 72 out of 100. Okay. uh, From 49 critics, generally favorable reviews. And it got an average grade of A uh, from the CinemaScore poll that they do from opening night audiences. Okay. Um, And, you know, again, like I said, it's, it's, it's one of my personal favorites in the MCU because it is so unique and different. And because it's Benedict Cumberbatch. But I ask you, Maude, who is unversed, 
but getting there in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hashtag MCU. What do you give Doctor Strange? Okay. Full disclosure, yes. we actually watched this several days ago, which which is not our normal habit. We'll right. normally watch the movie and then the next day record the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, various and Sundry has, has kept us from several days ago. Lawns needed to be mowed. Headaches, headaches needed, needed to, to be, be had. had. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, so anyway. But you got up. After we watched this, immediately after, and you were going to go to the kitchen, and you turned around and looked at me and said, I know I shouldn't ask you, but what did you think? And I'm like, dude, I loved it. <laughs> so, um, five big strange doctors from me. Okay. All right. And that this is the first five I've given to any of these. I think that, yes, that is true. That oh, is the d- first no, five. there's no thinking. It's definitely the first five. Well, I also give it five eyes of Agumato. Um, I, I think, um. You know, for, for its uniqueness, for its visual style, uh, for the humor. I mean, there's humor in pretty much every one of these Marvel but movies. But Cumberbatch is so deadpan in the way that he goes about it. It's just brilliant. And the running gag uh, with Wong about making him laugh. Yeah. That doesn't pay off till the end of the movie. And then at the, uh, the uh, post credit scene, at the very end of the movie... Uh, you get the uh, introduction of Mordo as a villain. Because in the comic books, Mordo is his primary enemy. Um, dun, so, dun, dun. Yeah, we, we see Mordo. Um, he says something along the lines of uh, what the problem with the world is there's too many wizards or something like that. Yeah, uh, just just for your edification and edumacation, always watch to the very, very end because there's Easter eggs. Well, anybody who's the least bit familiar with a Marvel movie knows you do not get up when the credits start. Well, this, and I'm t- telling people like me who were not. Who Too are, many sorcerers, that's what he says. Um, yeah, always, you know, watch the whole, watch all the credits because you get something that's going to set up something else in the future. There are usually two. One that comes at the end of the uh, cast credits, where they uh, they usually don't put up the title of the movie until this point. And when they put up the title of the movie, they give you a post. They give you a mid credit scene, which usually has something to do with the next movie or another movie coming up in the series. Mm-hmm. This time we see Thor and Doctor Strange chatting about uh, Loki and that sets up um, Thor Ragnarok or at least you know talks about it, it, refers, it begins Thor Ragnarok. refers to it um, and then at the end at the very very end after all the credits uh, which fortunately on Disney plus where we watch it you just fast forward through all that stuff until yeah. you see something that isn't a black screen with white print on it Um you uh you you see the scene with Mordo, so uh, yes. If you are unfamiliar with the MCU and you're thinking about getting in on it, always watch. Fast forward through the credits. Uh, if you're in a theater watching one, don't get don't up until get it's up, done. Even if you got to pee really bad. Um, now, it, it, once you get to the first um, Easter the, the mid credit scene, after the title of the movie comes up. You've got several minutes so you can go pee. And then you can come back for the end of the credits In when time you get for the, other the Easter second egg. tag. Yeah. So, 
So yes, that is an important part of um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Inside, all right, so inside secrets. Yes, from not, Stan. Not really secrets at all. Um, well, I wouldn't know. So, what have you been watching? Okay, let me pull up my little notes on my handy dandy little notes app in my handy handy dandy little phone. Um, okay, um, I watched a couple of documentaries on Netflix, um, both medical in nature. Mm -hmm. Um, one was like a full feature, like 90 minutes or something. It was called Unrest. It's a documentary by a woman named Jennifer Brea about her struggle and the struggles of other people who she becomes acquainted with. Um, this is a mouthful. She suffers from ME slash CFS, which is myalgic encephalomyelitis slash chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, this woman um, is brilliant and had a very vibrant, healthy, active life and then just all of a sudden became gravely ill and um, suffers not only from crushing fatigue but from um, debilitating body pain, um, sensitivity to light. She's, she's just ill. And um, this documentary talks about her, her journey toward getting a diagnosis and or treatment for the conditions that plague her. Um, she begins to make contact with other people experiencing the same situation, condition that she um, is plagued with. Um, it's, I will not lie, it was hard to watch in places because she's so ill and her husband suffers with her. Um, he does a lot of the filming, obviously, where you see her at some kind of distance is where her husband is filming her. Mm -hmm. um, but she, she becomes acquainted and involved with other patients, stateside and worldwide, um, and they, um, they form a support network for one another. They, they form a, a lobbying arm, sort of. Um, there are places in the world where um, these patients are not treated properly, and um, so there, was, there are protests that happen. It, it was really a compelling story, and mm. I, I cared a great deal about this couple and this woman and her struggle to um, to find relief for the things that um, that plague her, mm -hmm. it, it it reminded me of the series that we watched called Afflicted. Yeah. Um, some of those cases, mm -hmm. although this woman has a documented diagnosis and um, it it's not like um, like some of the things in Afflicted that were maybe sort of, we're not sure exactly what the deal is with some of those patients. Um, secondly, I watched a 25-minute documentary short called Extremis, also on Netflix. Um, it was nominated for an Oscar. It uh, won Best Documentary Short at the Tribeca Film Festival. It came out in 2016. Um, this film follows emergency room doctors, end-of-life care doctors, and patients, a, a few families, 
as they battle with um, the doctors telling these family members it is very unlikely that your loved one is going to wake up from this. It is very unlikely that he or she is ever going to have any meaningful quality of life again. They're not going to wake up. They're not going to come back. Mm -hmm. And how these different families um, choose to proceed or not proceed with um, heroic life-saving measures. Um, as someone who has spent some time in an emergency department watching traumas come in and go through, um, this the whole premise of this was very intriguing to me. And um, again, not necessarily easy to watch, but fascinating. And I think that... Um, I think that anybody from like mid-teenagers upward in age would benefit from viewing this simply because it would be a catalyst for discussion as to, you know, if if this catastrophic thing were to happen to me, what would I want? Mm -hmm. um, so it, anyway, Netflix is called Extremis. It's a very well-spent 25 minutes of your time and I think a very important thing that that people need need to view and discuss so that's and and oh hashtag all the feels finished party of five today and oh. cried like a girl oh okay well it's it's good to know that you you've you finished it um, i did i pl i blazed through this pretty quickly um on three different viewing platforms. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of an adventure to, to it, get it, you all the stuff. Uh, and we had to buy the second two seasons, which just hurt my feelings that I couldn't find it anywhere for free. Um, I watched the first two seasons on, was it Hulu? Um, no, it was Tubi. Tubi. I watched the first two seasons for free on Tubi. I watched... Um, seasons three and four through iTunes, we had to buy it mm -hmm. um, because three and four weren't available anywhere free streaming. And then I went back to free streaming for seasons five and six on Pluto. Okay. Yes. I was unaware Pluto had uh, an on-demand on -demand. feature. They big fat do. Yes, they do. I'm going to have to check that out and see if there's anything on there I'd be interested in. So that's kind of been my watching, and I've been, you know, trying to keep up with reading and that kind of thing, and you know, you know, being a book dork and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah. what have you been watching? But we'll start with like we've watched some stuff together, right? Well, pretty much everything I've watched, I've watched with you. Aww, um, that's so tender. Or that's just how it's worked that's out. That's just this how week. it's worked out. Um, the uh, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it. But I'm not having any luck. That those two episodes of that brain show, Broken Minds from Discovery. Oh, it's called Broken Minds. Broken okay. Minds. It was a Discovery thing um, from 2012, actually. Yeah, it must have been one that they just made like two a pilots for spike, uh, spike, a couple of spec episodes, and yeah. it didn't go any further. Uh, which I think happens a lot with, or at least that's what they're, a lot of the things they're putting on there are things that only have one episode, five episodes, yeah. two episodes, like this one. But Broken Minds, Broken Minds. Um, was about, and each episode has three different cases, cases in it uh, about uh, various uh, weird maladies that hit people. The first one I remember is... Uh, this guy who was a 
uh, video game developer who had terrible nightmares and uh, would actually uh, grab, shake, and sometimes hit his wife while they were in bed because there's a thing in your brain that's supposed to sort of paralyze you when you go to sleep so that you don't act out the actions in your dreams. And his wasn't working properly. His didn't work properly, uh, or at all. And uh, and then he started seeing his nightmare visions during the day. Yeah, d- waking while halluc- he was awake. Waking hallucinations, yes. And um, it it goes through uh, the you know his symptoms, and then the doctor who treats him, um, and the various things they try, um, and then they found out he had Louis body. Yeah. Um, which is a form of dementia, but he was a very young man. Yeah. Uh, but apparently it's something that, with the right medicine, they can control it, at least for a while. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just endless, endlessly fascinating. Now, I kind of wish they would talk to the real patient. Instead of reenactments. In some of these. Yeah. Yeah. This they is... talk to the real doctors, but they don't. They, they reenact all the patient stuff. Yeah, and, uh, and... And I can understand why a patient may, may not want to. Patient privacy, anonymity, yeah. all that stuff. Well, and, you know, just... I, I don't want people to look at me as a crazy person. Because that's how a lot of people would look at them. These cases reminded me very much of the differential diagnosis process that House would have had to use. <laughs> yeah, and it was never lupus. Never, no. Autoimmune, no. No. Um... So anyway, yeah, continue. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. It's just, and and they're all diseases or conditions of the brain. Uh, The weirdest one to me was the guy that wanted his left leg cut off. That, yes. That, that, he, it's like, it's sort of the opposite of phantom limb pain after you've had an arm or leg amputated from an injury or whatever. Um, where you still feel like you can feel pain in the leg that isn't there. He felt like his leg just didn't belong to him. It, um, they likened it to either like a gender dysphoria mm-hmm. or a, a body dysmorphic, body dysmorphic yeah. disorder where yeah. he just felt like he was in the wrong body. And, and the he, wrong body had two legs, and his left leg, he felt like, needed to be gone. And as a child, he had seen a guy, uh, apparently a veteran. A left leg amputee. Had a left leg amputee, and he was like seven years old, and it struck him as uh, this, that finally his world made sense. This is how my body is supposed to be. But he, as he got older, and he was a doctor himself, he became more and more obsessed with this idea, um, and he—you'll uh, you, have to watch it. it. It has a very weird ending. Then there was the case of the lady who poured herself a martini and dropped, drifted off to sleep in her chair at age 39 and woke up at age 62. Yes. And had lost 23 years of her life, had no idea, this this gross, decades-long amnesia. Um, and in the interim, had divorced her husband That and another guy. She married had another married guy. another man. Her daughter her, had grown up. Her daughter, who was a little girl, was now uh, a late teenager or in her early 20s. Um, it's... It, 
and I can't imagine how disorienting that would be. And was that the one with the migraines? Does um, hurt cause migraines? No. The migrainer was another one. Okay. Oh, that was the one that the world looked like fun, fun house, house mirrors. mirrors okay, yes. Yeah. Did they ever figure? Uh, no. There was not a conclusive conclusion to her problem, yeah. and she gradually, over time, started to regain some of her memories, but there was never really a firm cause for her memory loss. Wow. It, it, and the neurologist it, said that sometimes these things, we just never know for sure what happened. The brain is, is one of the parts of the body that we know the very least about. And yet it is responsible for so many things, both from a control point of view and a lack of control point of view. There was evidence for a minor stroke in one of her brain scans, but nothing that would account for 23 years of lost time. Yeah, she wakes, wakes up as a 39-year-old, or goes to sleep as a 39-year-old, and wakes up with a different husband 23 years later and a grown adult child. Uh, yeah, I can't even imagine how just discomforting that would be. But, uh, yeah, I'm sort of sad there's only two episodes. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen more, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but, but we watched that. And we also, on HBO Max, watched Hacks. Oh, my gosh. Gene Smart plays a uh, stand-up comedian who's had a residence at the Palmetto Hotel in Las Vegas for a very long time. But uh, the um, CEO uh, and board of directors want to move her out to bring in uh, acts that will attract younger people. Um, and she's fighting that all the way, and that includes bringing in a, uh, well initially against her will, but a writer, a young writer, uh, who gets put in Twitter jail, so she loses all of her opportunities, um, and they get paired up, and they are uh, oil and water, fire and gasoline, just yeah. a bad mix from the start, but they develop a begrudging friendship that gets tested three or four times, as always happens in these, uh, these types of shows. Uh, Gene Smart plays the um, uh, the comic um, um, Beverly Deborah, Vance, Deborah Vance, Deborah Vance, Deborah Vance, and Ava. Uh, I do not know that actress's name right off the top of my head. She's the younger yes. comedy writer who got you know canceled and put in Twitter jail because she you know said the wrong thing and upset the wrong people. And you know what that joke. That was nothing. Well, you know, they had they had to. The premise had know, to come from somewhere. But they could have made it a much more offensive joke. It wasn't offensive at all. Yeah, whatever. I mean, and, and it would be to some, but but not the vast majority of people uh, on Twitter. Most of them would have said, "Heck yeah!" But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's it's a biting satirical uh, look at um, not only fame. But uh, gender politics and um, Hannah, there's... I'm sorry, Hannah Einbinder. Okay, Hannah Einbinder. It plays Ava, the writer. Uh, and the supporting cast in this thing is terrific. Really good. I loved everybody on this show, even the annoying Kayla, the assistant to <laughs> the to the agent. She's kind of a scene stealer, though, really. She is, but 
when she's she's she can't take a hint is utterly terrible at her job daddy's uh, the boss that's why she's working there daddy owns the agency so that's why she's there um and she works for uh both uh i mean she works for ava's agent who also happens to be deborah's, deborah's agent. agent um that actress name is megan stalter and she is remarkable she, yeah, well yes everybody she, it, it, it it was just good it was good all the way around uh, it's they're only half hour episodes, and there's ten, so five hours you can plow through the whole thing. It's on HBO Max. I actually suggest you watch the whole thing in one in one or two sittings if you can. Yes. I think it really for us, for me anyway, it was very beneficial to really um, sit with it and sink my teeth in. Yes. So uh, check that out on HBO Max, and that is about it. Okay. Now. Next week will be your choice. Yes. Do you already have an idea of what it's going to be? I have an idea. There's a theme brewing in my fevered little um, big-haired brain, so <laughs> we'll see. Uh, my hair's not very big right now. I'm sorry. It's it's not, you know, it's not delicious. but... Mm. Well, I, I think it's lovely. Well, you're real sweet and also blind, so whatever. Um, but yes, there's, a, there's a, a theme that is percolating. Okay. Um, now... When we record next time, we will have had our 35th wedding anniversary. Or we'll be having it. Well, I think, well, you have to work that day. Yeah. Uh, we'll record on our usual Tuesday. Yeah, so, so it, will, it will be done. Yeah, well, we will have had it. Um, I've already gotten all my gifts um, because my wife is a wonderful human being. No, I just turned you loose and said this is what I would like for you to do and so you And I did. You did it and I'm glad you did because it's an investment in both our futures. Uh and I have received your gift today. Oh. Um received? Yes. And Is it the rest of that jerky from Amazon cuz I'm really kind of jonesing for that jerky. That's supposed to get here tomorrow. Okay. Uh no. This um is an intangible gift. And I... Is that code for cheap? No. No. And... <laughs> he, he just rolled his eyes so hard. I'm practically I, blind. I heard it from I, here. I nearly snapped the eye muscles. An um, intangible. Yes. So I can't and open I, it? I... Well, no, but... I, we'll... We'll no spoilers. It it's, more fully, we'll talk about it next week, and I'll, uh, I'll probably all when, oh, when, when she will have received it by then, and I quite frankly cannot wait. <laughs> I okay. am just giddy with anticipation. Well, then it's not jewelry, so. Well, it's intangible, which means you can't touch it. Which means it's not jewelry. Which means it's not jewelry. Okay. You didn't ask for any jewelry. No, I didn't. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, getting a gander at it. So, okay. All right. Well, that's something for you folks at home to be looking forward to, um, as well as whatever movie Maud picks next for our next episode of Comedy Tragedy Marriage, which you can get on all the pla uh, podcasting platforms. Uh, but we would appreciate it if you would go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review there. 
Um, and uh, five stars would be lovely. We would appreciate that. Do, Stan do Stan a solid. He yeah. wants to be famous. Uh, well, just a tiny little bit. You can subscribe uh, to uh, my Twitter, at Movie Man Stan, and the podcast's Twitter, at CT Marriage. Um, and if you have a suggestion for something for us to watch, we would love to hear about it. Send us the name of what it is, where we can find it, and why you think we should watch it, and send that to us in an email, comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. And if you click the link in the description of this podcast, you will be able to leave us a voice message. So you might even hear your own words on the next episode of Comedy, Tragedy, Marriage, which will be coming up in six days from now. Ish. Or more. Who knows? Or less. Fewer. Uh, right. So, uh, please take care of yourselves. Uh, get your shot if you haven't already. And until next time, love you. Love you. And later. later. Yay!